Strength is believing in yourself, knowing that you can accomplish anything you set your mind and actions to. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to another episode of the In Raw Life podcast. We are so excited you're here. We are going to share some major love with you today. Just shower all the goodness on you. And that's because we love you. We totally appreciate that you keep coming back. And if you feel the same way about us, please stop what you're doing right now. Just pause real quick and give us a rate, a review, a subscribe. So that way we can let the podcasting platforms know that we've got something good going on. We're sharing a lot of love and more people need that. So go ahead and give us a rating. Please uh, send a review if you have time and hit the subscribe button. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at inrawlife.co where we will shower you with even more love and encouragement and you can then share us share the podcast on your Instagram and your stories and your text, wherever it is that you hang out with your friends. And if you're an empowered, unstoppable woman, like we are in our community, (laughs) then we want you to join us in our Facebook community. Completely free. It's full of fun, encouragement, motivation, other amazing women who are living life just like us and want to be there for each other and empower each other and do big things in this world. So make sure you reach out and we will get you in. Oh, speaking of Jessica, after this, I want to tell you this awesome idea I have for that group that I think will really help a lot of our people. So okay, we'll, we'll talk more after this. <laughs> okay. But now that the homework, not homework, what do they call that? The, the housekeeping. Paperwork. Housekeeping, thank you. <laughs> now that we're through with the housekeeping, Jessica, darling, please tell me, what is your reality check for today? Who? Uh, I'm in a super good mood, so that's pretty mm. cool. Me too. <laughs> uh, my reality check, it's just there's so many things, like so many good big mm-hmm. things going on that could easily be overwhelming. And anytime mm-hmm. it gets overwhelming, I'm like, whoa, take a step back, take a breath. Yeah. And then go forward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my divorce is finally finalized. So that is pretty exciting. It's been four Sorry, plus years of unnecessary taking this long. But, you know, everything worked out as it should. So, And then mm-hmm. Emlyn's got some really great things going on. And that's exciting, but it adds more on our plate. And we've got big things going on and in real life and it's just Mm -hmm. it's going it's good it's good and i and i get to sit here and watch my plant babies grow every day and i'm loving (laughs) it 
You're becoming a crazy plant lady. I love it. A little bit. Well, it especially helps that like literally right outside my work window door here, I have my two tomato plants that like I literally see them growing every day. And it's super cool. Oh, that's awesome. Do they have tomatoes yet? No, but they one has flowers. We'll check back next week and find out. The do, do, do. I Jessica's know. tomato plant. You are all <laughs> waiting with bated breath. But yeah, yeah, that's my reality check. I mean, so it's it's a lot of good. There's like a few, of course, life. You know, there's always some downs. But any second that I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed, I stop and take a breath and, and reconfigure and know that it's all good. Yeah. Mm, what about you? It. Um, I'm in a very similar place. I a little not as good, <laughs> but not so bad. So my house, um, I've I've learned one thing about myself is that if there's a lot of visual clutter, it makes a lot of mental clutter, and I have a really hard time focusing and staying on task. You're the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I. I mean, we just moved in. Well, we moved in a month ago, and I know you're usually like (laughs) – you have everything unpacked by then, but I do not. Um, And also, like, there's multiple things going on. So we're still unpacking, which, like, most of the boxes are in the basement, and I can do it one at a time, except there's a huge daunting task that happened to land as soon as we moved in, and I have been pushing it off. It is my least favorite task. It is the – switching the boys' clothes to the next size up. (laughs) It is, like, it just haunts me every time. And I delay it. I love that stuff. And they're in clothes that are very much too small for them because I just, the undertaking is so, like, finding the right box to put the things in and, like, do we have, uh, and now there's two of them. Like, it was stressful when it was just arrow. Now there's double. But anyway, I decided on Sunday that I would undergo that task. It was a great idea. And I did it. Actually, I might have started. No, I think I started Sunday. And I just watched Ginny and Georgia the whole time I did it. So it was <laughs> entertaining while I'm doing this task that I don't like. And um, I almost got it done. But then dinner happened or whatever. And so my plan was, you know, get the boys to bed and then come up and organize it nicely in a way. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot where this story goes. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> I just remembered. I'm like, what happened? Oh, gosh. Okay. So anyway, I was going to organize it nicely and then kind of put start to put things away and then finish it on Monday. We got the boys down and I told Jay, oh, no, <laughs> go clear off the bed because I had – after putting the boys down, I had got myself a cute little nightie and, you know, got all nice and ready for some – marital fun (laughs) and I was like oh the bed is a mess go clear it off because you there's clothes everywhere so he comes upstairs to clear the bed and not only were there uh clothes everywhere but his project of the day was installing a cat door so the cats could so the litter box could be in the basement instead of our bedroom Mm -hmm. but we weren't able to capture one of the cats to show her that so she peed on our bed in between all the clothes. So here I am in this very slutty nighty <laughs> trying to strip a bed of cat pee. And I'm currently still in the room where there's clothes everywhere because he he took the clothes off. And so I kind of don't know where – like I have ideas now of where things are, but they're still not in my organization that I had on the bed. So like, I mean, it was my own 
it was my own doing. Like, I'm the one that said, hey, Jay, go clear the bed so we can, you know, do our thing. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and it ended up being a crazy night. But anyway, because – I was going to say, that's like the exact – that's like the – the typical story of a mom in her 30s, I feel like, oh, I'm going to get all like cute and sexy from a man, go clear off the bed that I just was organized the things, took on this big task, and then uh-huh. the cat pees on it, and it becomes a big mess, and you're in your nightie doing that. It was fine, because we still got to be together last Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's the most important part. And it part. was hot. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Point is, my room is still a mess. There are clothes everywhere. Uh. And that's just one thing. And then Arrow got his new bed. We got a bunk bed. And so that came in the mail. And so I had to, like, empty out the boys' room so that Jay could build this bunk bed in there. So that's everywhere. And I, like, mm-hmm. haven't caught up with anything yet. So there's stuff everywhere on top of our already, like, random boxes for moving and I'm I'm just like my mind last night I was doing a thousand things and not completing anything. I forgot to mm. post the podcast. I like was so I woke up at five in the morning and did that. Um and I just my yeah, my mind's been all over. So I overslept today. I posted the podcast at five, went back to bed, slept till nine, which I never do. But I think it's because my my I'm mentally overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mentally exhausted from the physical, from the visual exhaustion that is around me. Um, but yeah. I'm still like, I, even though I'm, I'm, I was late and, uh, whatever, like, I'm so excited about the day. It's a beautiful day outside. I, you were like so gracious in my tardiness, which was helpful. And I like, I just, <laughs> I decided to, um, while I was getting gas before I, cause I had to drop our boys off at their grandmother so I could record the podcast and I was getting gas on the way home and I was looking up some things for this episode and getting really excited about it and I found a meditation and I was, I'm so excited to share with you guys mm-hmm. and I was meditating on the way home and I missed my exit which made me even more late and I just don't like I'm I am sorry for being late I do feel bad about that to Jessica but I'm like I'm not gonna let it get me down because mm-hmm. life is not like you can't let that stuff get you down. There's so many things that could be, oh, one more thing. But instead, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna go record this podcast and encourage women, which is what I love. And I feel like we're both just so aligned with what we love right now that it makes, it makes the, the stupid stuff like cat pee and, <laughs> like you know whatever, all the weird things that pile up. It makes it no big deal because we're on the right track. So that's yeah, all. and that's perfect for today because. What we're talking about is being so dang hard on ourselves. So one of the things that I was kind of researching, I came across 11 signs that you're hard on yourself because sometimes we might not even know that we're being hard on ourselves. Sometimes we might just be so in the thick of it that you don't see it that way. So these are, according to a YouTube video, which I agree with, 11 signs that you are too hard on yourself. One, you are always angry. Like something is always – like everything agitates you. You're always angry. You're always in a mood. Um, Um, Wait. I just want to add to the first one. Anger mm -hmm. could also come off as irritability. Some people may be like, I'm not an angry person. But if you're irritable, it's the same. I feel like Didn't I say agitated? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Um, 
Two, you're always comparing yourself to others and therefore putting yourself down and feeling like you you can't, you know, measure up to others. Mm. Three, you dwell on the things that are unfinished. So you don't ever see your accomplishments. You only see your failures. Four, you are never okay with yourself. Like you're never – like there's always something going on. You can never feel good about yourself. There's always, oh, well, I'm too short or I'm too overweight or I don't eat the right things, you know, whatever. Or I, I don't work hard enough or I work too much or whatever it is. Uh, number five, your ideas are never good enough. So you don't feel – you know, you're kind of constantly questioning yourself. Six, you're always negative. So anything comes up, just you have a negative response to it. Number seven, you dwell on mistakes. Number eight, you take on impossible things. So this is <laughs> – you take on things that are not within your control. So they're impossible because you can't ever control the outcome. So therefore, you're always going to fail because it's not yours to take on. Much like getting the boys in the proper clothing. It's just beyond my control. Like they're just going to keep growing the second I get them in the right clothing. So I should probably yeah. just let them run naked. Just let them have clothes and they'll figure it out. <laughs> they're boys. <laughs> uh, number nine, you feel guilty about everything. So you always can find fault in yourself no matter what's going on. Number 10, you can never accept accomplishments. So if someone says, oh, great job, you might say, yeah, but I could have done it better in this way. Or if they say, oh, you look really nice today, you say, yeah, but my hair wasn't doing – you know, you, you just can't accept that things are good. And number 11, you hardly do good things for yourself. So self-care mm. and self-compassion are about non-existent. Man, reading that or hearing that list, it makes me just like want to give 23-year-old Sierra a big hug because mm. I feel like I was all of that. You know, mm -hmm. there's – I think we all go through it. I don't think we're born with this mental ability to overcome it. I mean to yeah. – not to overcome it, but to like – to to just like bypass it. Like, oh, no, I do everything great and yeah. I love myself. I don't think we're born with that. But it shows up in different ways. Uh, Brene Brown in the book that I just finished reading, and she and I know lots of people talk about this, but there's two different ways that we handle – I don't know what how she words it, but like handle when things are not going well basically. And it's either we mm. overwork or we underwork. So I think it's the same thing. Like in, when we're in our early 20s, it just shows up in different ways for everybody. I think that everybody goes through this and then it's how they – if they come out of it and how they come out of it that either makes or break up, breaks them or they stay in this. But we – yeah, when we overwork, it's okay. Then you go to the perfectionist and you have to do everything and you're trying to handle it all and that's how you get overwhelmed. Or you think, oh, I can't do anything right. I'm not going to be able to do it. So you sit back and you just go into not doing anything. Going off of what you just said, I found some research that showed most people think that by giving themselves self-love and compassion, it'll make them lazier. Like, oh, if I do self-care, then that's going to make me lazy. 
and then I'll like never get out of this lazy slump. But research shows that the more self-love you give yourself, the more motivated you are. Mm-hmm. making you less lazy. So you get more stuff done because you've given yourself lo- self-love, self-compassion, and self-care, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Yeah, I tr- I was watching one or two things about self-compassion, and I didn't get – I just I, – I couldn't, like, pluck insights out of it except – and I know mm-hmm. I've heard this before – is treat yourself like a friend treats you. Like, think of yourself mm-hmm. how a friend thinks of you. A good friend – thinks the world of you so think of yourself that way yeah but I I feel like we might um, be getting a little ahead of ourselves I feel like it would be interesting to kind of dive more into the why why? we're hard on ourselves okay go for it um I don't really know I tried watching some stuff and I just couldn't find anything really good for insights but going I guess back to you know, early on when we're younger. Oh, I did. I did get this from one of the videos. Something really interesting was like a two minute psychology video about how we, our super ego, I think this is what she was saying. Our super ego, whenever something is going downhill or wrong, or we perceive it as going wrong, we self punish and we self parent And what we usually do is we – our mind takes whoever the stricter parent was growing up, that's how we talk to ourselves. And that's how we're hard on ourselves. Gosh. Yeah. So – and it's not our parents' fault necessarily because everybody has this. You know, parents are strict for different reasons and they had their upbringing and yada, yada. But whoever was the stricter parent – that is usually becomes our inner punishing voice. So if something starts going wrong, we think, oh, like I need to clean up this house and then I need to do this and I need to look better and, you know, whatever it is. And it's that's just our default mode. So as adults, wow. as very self-aware, introspective adults, we can then take that and say, hey, hey, I'm not interested hey, hey. in that. I need to reroute that self-parenting and – be kinder to myself and treat myself how I maybe wish I would have been shown how to handle the situation versus, you know, buckling down and being strict about whatever it is. Wow. That is mind-blowing. hmm I feel like both of my parents were strict in different ways, and so my, my self-parenting voice is a little mix of the strict mm. on both sides mm-hmm. because I was with my mom more, but I would say my dad was – stricter when he was upset Mm. so like i kind of pull from both depending on the situation like they were strict about different things so i probably you know depending on the situation i pull from each one yeah crazy yeah my my dad wasn't strict at all (laughs) my dad was just a big (laughs) hug growing up (laughs) he is a four (laughs) he is but yeah my my mom was definitely the strict one and she was very strict about keeping things neat and tidy, you know, everything kind of had to be like the right way and look right and do right and super manners. And I know that even shows up in me sometimes when I'm, when I feel stressed out, I start doing that to Emlyn and I'm like, oh crap, I really need to like reword Mm -hmm. this. She might need to do these things, but I need to reword how I'm doing it. 
Yeah. Uh, I've been there too. But yeah, even on myself. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why when I get stressed out, little tiny messes can stress me out more. And I get hard on myself like, oh, this just won't ever be the right way or I can't ever make this work. Funny that you say that because I was like, I get so stressed out about mess, but my mom wasn't the cleanest person, I don't think, but I did get in trouble if I left a mess. Like, mm-hmm. I guess she was clean. I guess she wasn't – she's not a minimalist. So there, in my mind, the house is messy mm-hmm. because it's just clutter. But in her mind, it's organized, beautiful yeah. clutter that I just don't find appealing. So I yeah. guess she was clean, just not clutter-free. And her cleanliness is has rubbed off on me to the fact of like, oh, why isn't that clean? Yeah. Why didn't you do the dishes last night? Yeah. God, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my, me talking to myself. My Not nickname her. growing up was Messica. <laughs> or oh, one of no. my nicknames. <laughs> well, because I thought I always had such a messy room because my mom saw it that way because her mom saw it that way. And I remember when my nanny would be coming to visit, it was like. Look, Nanny, look at how clean I made my room. Like, that was, like, my accomplishment. And Mm. I don't think that should be an accomplishment. But that's just my opinion. (laughs) Well, okay, so I was thinking how earlier I said, you know, we weren't born with this ability to, like, bypass the self-loathing or self-parenting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I I think, like, to – to explore that even deeper. I think we were born with that ability, yeah. but then we're instantly like fed correction. Mm-hmm. And so if we, I feel like if we were born with no other humans, we'd be like, love, I love myself. I love my life. Think about toddlers and five-year-olds. They think that everything they do is awesome. They are so <laughs> excited to share it. They take on almost any task that they want. They love themselves completely. Mm-hmm. Unless some other force has come in and changed that idea. Yeah, they say that it's easier to learn a language in the toddler phase because that's when they're learning English too and they just don't mm-hmm. – they don't correct themselves for saying it wrong. They don't care that they are saying yeah. it wrong because they don't think it's bad. Yeah. Like Arrow, when he counts to 100, he says like 10, 20, 30, 40 because <laughs> he can't say 30 yet. So I'm working mm-hmm. on like 30. And so then he goes – Ferdy. <laughs> but it's just like they don't like he doesn't see anything wrong with it until I yeah. say arrow say 30. Like mm-hmm. he's just like 30 40 and I say 30 and he doesn't hear the difference. So yeah. yeah, they don't they don't see that yet. And then we grow up and then we're here heard we're told things and then we mm-hmm. have we find peers who also tell us that's cool, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be cool? You should do these things that aren't true to your character. And then we start developing this brain that tells mm-hmm. us we are constantly failing. Oh, yeah. poor little us. <laughs> Makes me think of – I forget the exact reasoning. Did you watch the movie Soul on Disney yet? Yes. With well, Like when they're in the like that weird sandy place, it's like the – and they get like covered up into like this big monster being thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's usually because they're so out of themselves. Yeah, and I they're think like soul I think it's usually when they're like being either like very out of who they are or like kind of hard on themselves that they get because yeah, you doing so. this made me think of that. And it's, it builds this big like callous thing around mm-hmm. us, 
And so then we're trapped yeah. in here thinking, oh, I suck at this. Oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I'll never be, you know, whatever. But that's mm-hmm. where we need to do the self-compassion and a huge part of self-compassion and self-love like you already talked about. And you like everywhere you look, and I was listening to You Are a Badass just now too by Jen Sincero, meditation mm-hmm. is always like one of the first steps, even if it's just breathing, taking a deep breath. So do you want to talk a little bit about that since you are a meditation queen? Sure. Let me pull up. I had it on my phone, but let me find it. One of, or I'll, I'll give a little tip. One of my favorite ways to pull myself out of any sort of negative anything is that's not being effective is something that I read that I already do. And I read it in Brene Brown's book. She calls it a box breathe, I think, but it's where you Mm -hmm. breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold that for four seconds. And if you do that Mm -hmm. like two or three times, that takes less than a minute. And that can totally take you out of whatever the negative thing that just attacked you, whether it's yourself or something else, and then be able to kind of move forward in a clear way. So for anybody who thinks they don't have time for meditation, don't have time for like turning their thoughts around, that is a quick and easy way to to reroute yourself if nothing else. Have you what was that movie with uh Charlize Theron and um Seth Rogen? Did you not see that movie the politic like it was about politics? It was a comedy about politics. Oh, God, what was it? She does that because she... I don't know. Like, she's trying to become... Maybe she's vice president, and she... Like, they're in this crazy situation, and that's what she does. Mm. And that's where I learned it. It's from this movie. Oh, it was such a good movie. I gotta look it up. Before we go into the meditation, I want to talk about the... What's something you brought up earlier, which mm-hmm. is being... Treating yourself like you would treat your friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I, I say this all the time, probably not on the podcast, but to my friends all the time, it just, it makes me sad when people talk about themselves that way because mm-hmm. they're talking about my friend that way. Mm-hmm. And so it like when I hear friends be really hard on themselves, I'm like, be nice to her. Like she's mm-hmm. awesome. And I would never speak about her that way. Like that's the way I see people's negative self-talk. Yeah. Um, so I just want to encourage you to look at your own like what the words you're saying to yourself. Would you let somebody talk to your best friend or your daughter or somebody mm-hmm. that you love so immensely that way? And if not, what would you say instead about that person? Like about like put yourself outside of yourself and look at yourself and be like, what could I say? What would I say if that w- if I was my best friend or my mm-hmm. mom or daughter? Um and then because we justify what our best friends do because we know their story and we see where they're coming from, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of the world doesn't. Um, like actually one of my really close friends recently told me all these things that people were saying to her. And I was like, who is saying that? And it's these random parents that hardly know her. And I was just like, oh, like it makes me want to go and fight those parents. Mm-hmm. Like I have this like need to go and be like, don't you speak to her that way? You know, and it's <laughs> because – whether it's right or wrong, it's not up to them because they don't even know her. And that's yeah. how I feel about her. Yeah. And I think we need to, to feel about that. Like, we need to feel that way about ourselves because nobody else knows our story as well as we do. And so if we really look at why am I doing this? What's making me think this way and feel this way? 
it helps us to have a little bit more self-compassion. And but to get there – oh, go ahead. And if you really can't – if you're so deep down that you can't even take yourself out of yourself to say, hey, that's my friend, talk to the people who are closest to you. Say, hey, I'm having a really hard time seeing the good in me. Like what – like help. Like I know – Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I was looking for something else in like saved – images on my phone and I came across so it's kind of perfect I came across a text between you and I from like mm-hmm. 2015-16 where we were doing like <laughs> personal development work and you know creating our own brands and we were asking each other what our top three best qualities were or something and we each asked each other and gave the answer so mm-hmm. go to your best friends go to the closest people to you and be like hey I really am too close to this. I can't get out of my own head. What is it that I do good? <laughs> and what were our top three answers? Do you remember? Uh, for each person, I'm not exa- – you told me that I was creative, organized, dedicated. Those were some – I think you gave me five. You couldn't limit to three. <laughs> and I gave you – Wow. How many? I know – Fun, something related to fun and loving, and I forget what the third one was. That's funny. I think it still applies. <laughs> oh, per- super accurate. But you can ask, mm-hmm. you know, if they're close enough to you, and everybody has at least one person who they, f- you know, feel that close to, say, hey, just help me out. I really, I want to love myself more, and I don't know how to. What is it that you see in me? And they'll help you see that amazing thing inside of you that makes you you. And then you can start looking in that and saying, hey, I am really loving or I am really adventurous. That's cool. And start loving yourself that way. Well, maybe you – because you said everybody has that one person. But maybe like someone's in a place right now where they feel like they don't have that one person. And if you mm-hmm. can relate to that, like you just feel like community you've created or the people that have you've found yourself surrounded by are not loving or supportive and you feel very isolated because of that reach out to us on instagram in the dms and we'll be your people um, we will be we'll become your support system we'd be happy to do that i've mm-hmm. done that with multiple people and i love it so don't ever feel like you're a burden it's totally normal to feel that way because me i have some mm-hmm. of the most amazing people in my life and i still get that way sometimes. I have that thought of, oh, I just have no one that I can really turn to right now. But really it's when I look at that, when I take that thought out and look at it, I'm like, yes, I do. I just might be feeling like I don't want to hear what they have to say right now. Let me examine that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But also if it's real, like if there, I really do think there's people that don't have, like you really do, but I think there's people that really don't. And if you relate to that, reach out to us because we will non-judgmentally totally be there to walk you through it um yeah so yeah but also if you're struggling or you feel like jessica where you don't want to hear what the other people have to say then don't turn to anybody but yourself because i honestly think that the biggest way to get over being so hard on yourself starts with you like you have to be okay with being okay with yourself Mm -hmm. so here's the meditation that i think will help with that Mm. um So it's called the loving kindness meditation and I'm – so I'm going to say it and it sounds like I'm speaking it over someone else 
But I want, as I say it, I want you to like think those thoughts over yourself. You can also do this over someone else, especially like if you're having a hard time with somebody that you particularly are not fond of right now. Come back, like rewind, do it again over that person. But first, do it over yourself. So the words I'm saying, speak that (laughs) over your own self. So first, close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. And repeat this. Well, first, let's do a deep breath because that'll get us in the... We don't have to do box breathing, but like Jessica said, a deep breath is always a great form of quick meditation in itself, just a conscious deep breath. So take a deep breath in through your nose, hold it at the top for three, two, one, and release. Let out every ounce of air you can from your lungs. Now speak this over yourself. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be safe and free from suffering. And may you live with ease. And that's it. That's the meditation, and it's so quick and easy. Just one conscious deep breath, hold it at the top for three seconds, empty it all out, and speak that over yourself. And you can do that while driving. Don't close your eyes. (laughs) But that's why I was late to the podcast today, because I was doing that as I was driving and missed my exit. And look, you were not hard on yourself about it, because that's something you would usually be hard on yourself for. Yeah, I would be so apologetic. But instead, I was apologetic for not being considerate of Jessica's time, but also was able to forgive myself because I was meditating as I drove (laughs) and felt so happy about it. But anyway, so yeah, those are, I mean, it's four statements. And maybe we'll put this, maybe we can make an Instagram post out of it. Yeah. Something you can come back to and see. But those four statements, just speaking, speaking that over yourself daily, if you could start your morning with that or something, you know, just to get that message into your own mind. And then also to others, when somebody cuts you off as you're driving, may you be well. (laughs) Yes. So, yes. yes. I love that. Oh, thank you for doing that. We should do that more often when it, when it's Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. So I have a few other ways that you can be kinder to yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. Well, one is to just understand that we all go through these thoughts. Like we all feel all the feels. Mm-hmm. We we are emotional people. That's how we were born. We were created to have emotions to help direct us through life. And I personally think that our emotions, if harnessed correctly, can lead us to huge, powerful things. Mm-hmm. But we self-sabotage by letting the negative emotions take over Because those big, powerful things are scary and probably impossible is what we tell ourselves. But I don't think so. I think Mm -hmm. we are totally capable of reaching our wildest dreams if we let the positive emotions take effect. So, um, so yeah. So give yourself grace and let those – like let yourself feel the sadness without beating yourself up over it. Because when you beat yourself up over it, it just invites more negative emotions. But when you 
embrace the negative emotion as it is for what it stands for. You know, I'm sad because yesterday I got sad because they cut down a beautiful tree in my neighbor's yard that was blooming pink. And it made me so sad. Mm. And I was like, why am I so sad about this? I don't know. I am a very earthy person. That's okay. And I moved on. Whereas like a couple years ago, that could have floored me. And I would have been so sad. And I would have been contemplating the meaning of life because this tree was just murdered unjustifiably. You know, like you can, it sounds dramatic, but I seriously, when I was in the darker places, I would let myself get there. So give yourself space to feel the negative emotions Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to step out of that. Yes. But also speaking of that, You're not going to be able to get out of something by pushing positivity down your throat. So if you're like – it kind of – I guess those kind of go hand in hand. But like I think a lot of people will say, oh, it's fine. Just, you know, say – like just turn and say five things you're grateful for, which we talk about that a lot. But that's not the solution to fix the sadness. That is an addition to help you see the positive. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that the sadness isn't – like you need to make space for both. You have to – you said fix the sadness. I wouldn't even say fix the sadness. It's not going to give give it space to breathe and then alleviate because I don't think we want to fix sadness necessarily. That's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that's not – we can't just use gratitude to like – to fix it because that's, that's not – we don't want to shove positivity into ourselves mm-hmm. instead of dealing with the hard stuff. Yes. So that's – Exactly that. Like we don't want to fix the sadness. We want to embrace the sadness and then use other tools to like help us through it, but never – yeah, exactly. Never to fix it. And then there's other suggestions like writing a letter to yourself, um, reflecting on like what causes you stress, but also like giving giving you a chance to be – to speak kindness over yourself because like if you're writing it to – to somebody else, it's like kind of like the friendship thing, like looking at yourself as a friend, write a letter to yourself mm. as you would a friend and let yourself say kind things. Mm-hmm. And then giving yourself a break, which we talked about earlier, like actually taking a break is um, good for your mental health and will keep you more motivated versus making you feel lazy. Yeah. Compassion. I also have what self-compassion is not. Mm. So – It's not about lying to yourself or about calling yourself weak or lazy. Um, It's also not about putting your difficult thoughts aside. Um, When you are self-compassionate, you are actually doing something very specific to yourself. You're noticing difficult thoughts. You're showing up for them. And you're creating a sense of psychological safety for yourself. You're creating a space in which you feel able to take risks If you beat yourself up whenever you fail or fall short, this naturally inhibits you from trying new things and taking chances. But when you're self-compassionate, you know that even if you fail, you'll still like yourself. In this way, self-compassion gives you the ability to experiment, explore, and to be courageous. And I just love that. Like, you have to to learn to like yourself because Mm -hmm. who you are isn't as bad as you might label yourself to be. Um, there's actually a lot of really good characteristics about you, especially if you're open-minded enough to explore what that could be. Like that, just the fact that you might be coming here thinking, oh, I don't know if I could ever like myself. That alone means you're inquisitive and, and open to new ideas and thoughtful and, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like self aware, self aware. <laughs> so, which is a great quality, and I I respect it. Those are my thoughts on self love and compassion. I like compassion. it. <laughs> Maybe the fun thing that you should love about yourself is the fact that you're funny. And quirky because so many people are, and I feel like they beat themselves up for that. Uh-huh. And girl, if you're a weirdo, you are my girl. Yeah, the second <laughs> you let it out, you are just—it just feels so much better. You feel so much lighter and more yourself, and you have more energy because you're being yourself and not unconsciously working hard to not be yourself. Yep, totally agree. Totally. Show. Well. Thanks for always coming back. We love having you here. We love how much you support the show. Just a reminder again, go uh, rate, review, subscribe. And if you want to be part of our show, record a clip of what strength means to you and we might feature you at the beginning of an episode. Record that and send it to podcast at inrawlife.com. Until next week. We hope that you take some time to show yourself some love. Take some time to find those good, amazing qualities about yourself that make you you. And if somebody cuts you off in traffic, just say the kindness meditation over them. Um, before we start, this is on why are we so hard on ourselves, right? <laughs> May you be well. Statistic. I'm sorry. My, I, I need to blow my nose. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> May you be well, mother ever.